Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for joining me. My name is Ed Cunningham and I'll be guiding you through this book review today. On a serious note, we're talking about the Almanac of Noel Ravikant and this book banged. I chose it for the book gang book club that I run over on Patreon, so I'll do a quick plug for that already. If you want to be part of a book club um, with me and you want to get bonus episodes, head to patreon.com forward slash a need to read. It's three ninety nine, which, I mean, grand scheme of things, only a meal deal. Um, so, yeah, join it. You'll enjoy it. Almanac of Noel Ravikant. We will get on to this brilliant book in just one moment. But before we do, I'll just run through the sponsor of the podcast. Now, the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp, they're the place to go for therapy nowadays. Millions of people are using them. You get online therapy direct to your phone, direct to your laptop. You get a secure service to speak to a counsellor for a fraction of the price of what it would be if you did it on standard face-to-face counselling. All of the therapists are qualified with a master's or above, mostly PhDs, and it's brilliant. It's a brilliant service. I don't like therapy can change your life, and I think I think everyone kind of knows that. I think everyone knows if you talk through what goes on in your head, it can change your life. But having a safe space to do that with someone that's qualified to ask you the right questions to get you the right answers, you just can't beat it. The feeling you get after therapy is just unbeatable sometimes you're absolutely knackered because you've been through so much emotional like turmoil in the session and sometimes you leave feeling like you've got a weight lifted off your shoulder but always within a day you get that sense of clarity and clarity i believe is one of the things that is missing for a lot of people so if therapy is something that you've been considering recently or you're going to have a look at it soon head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and you will get 10 percent off of your first month as and a need to read listener but let's get on with the book review shall we so the book we've already spoken about it we already know the title the almanac of naval ravikant now the almanac is essentially someone telling the story of someone and naval ravikant is just a very intelligent inspirational calm collected man i can't stress enough how much you need to listen to the episode of Joe Rogan where he speaks to Naval just about general life you know what Joe Rogan does he just chats to people such a good episode which is why I chose to pick up this book also there is a foreword done by Tim Ferriss and Tim Ferriss doesn't do forewords for books so if Tim Ferriss believes that the book is good enough for him to break his own rule of not doing forewords then it's got to be pretty good so it's not actually written by Naval, it's actually written by a guy called Eric Jorgensen, J-O-R-G-E-N-S-O-N. You can pronounce that because I certainly can't. And there's just so much value. It's so easy to read. It's very short paragraphs about like answers to questions, even a collection of tweets, collection of illustrations that are really helpful for like for one example one of the illustrations is desire is a contract you make with yourself to be unhappy until you get what you want 
and that is just illustrated in a really really nice way within the book and it's also important to note that this book if you want to read it you don't have to part way with any money and now I'm, I'm jumping all around the place here but you actually can get this for free on the almanac and our avocant or just literally type it in on google and you can get it for free you get a PDF copy, you can send it to your Kindle, you can do whatever you want with it, you can just read it on your computer. But the important thing is, is that you read it because there's just so much knowledge in these pages. Or if you like the hard copy, obviously just head to wherever you get your books from. It's split into a few different parts, the book. So it's one part on building wealth, one part on building judgment, then happiness, and then the final part is save yourself. I've written some notes on each different chapter and I'm just going to run through them now. But the whole book essentially is a guide to wealth and happiness. And I think we all kind of want to be wealthy and we all probably want to be healthy as well. So it's always a win-win. Now, Naval's attitude towards money, that was the one thing I sort of picked up on that I've, I've sort of taken on board myself so he treats like making money as if it's a game because I think money can be quite stressful for a lot of people we're always searching for more we always feel like we've got a lack of it as opposed to just treating it a, a bit like a game like it's a fun thing to do you just build money up and, it, and it's a fun way of looking at it he hasn't always been like a super rich investor Naval Ravikant he started off he's an Indian born American citizen who grew up in like Brooklyn and spent most of his childhood just in a library just for pure safety so after school he just go straight to a library and read but he came from very 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 humble beginnings to put it lightly um, the fact that you're listening to this means that you've got some sort of technological advice device which means that you probably are in a better position than Naval was when he was younger but he spent a lot of time in his um, library he read a lot when he was young I think that is what has helped him get into the position that he's in today and his general attitude I know we just spoke then about attitude towards money like he just says you need to figure out what you want to do in life which seems so obvious but I don't think people spend enough time just figuring it out. They don't spend enough time working out what it is that brings them joy, what it is that excites them, what it is that they feel passionate about. So if you don't know what you're going to do in your life, you don't know what you want to do, go and figure it out. Try as many things as possible. There's no point pushing hard at nothing. There's no point being in a career that you hate, pushing really hard to climb some ladder and and go on the status game and, and be the top of that company because the status game is a zero-sum game and it just feeds your ego and especially if you hate the job at some point you're just going to experience burnout and you're just going to end up depresso insert me like two years ago just pushing hard at a job that I hated and then decided that I hated myself and my life and it's easily done very very easily done so like as a general rule, you just want to follow your curiosity. Don't follow the money. I think it's a very easy thing to do, especially if you're early in your career or early in the work. Like you just you run after the money because that's what is society's marker of success. You're like, well, 
I used to, I used to say this. I think I've said this before in podcasts. But I'm like, oh yeah, well I, I sell health insurance, but I do all right though. I do all right. And then I'd like tell people how much I earn in a year and stuff like just because I was literally there for the money. I didn't feel passionate about it at all. And if I'd followed like genuine curiosity, maybe I still would have gone down some career paths that weren't right for me. But at least I was kind of like just listening to myself and and following my intuition, as it were. Now, there's a few good ideas that are in this book that I just want to talk about very quickly in the building wealth sector. Now, one is about setting yourself an hourly rate, like an aspirational hourly rate. Now, if any task that you're going to do is going to cost you less than your hourly rate, just don't do it or leverage it out to someone. He talks about this in terms of like returning things to a shop. If you're going to... Well, you drive half an hour, you go shopping somewhere, or you walk half an hour, you go shopping somewhere, and you buy something for a tenner, and then you want to return it, you're then going there for half an hour, half an hour back, that's £10, let's say, do you value yourself at £10 an hour? Like, do you value your free time at £10 an hour, is probably what is, is the main thing to think there. Are you going to want to go and return some jeans for 10 quid and spend an hour doing it? I would probably not. And I have to check myself very hard when I'm like, I'm going to post stuff out for people <laughs> that I'm sending stuff for a need to read. I'm like, God, it's not even worth my time because I've got this aspirational hourly rate, <laughs> which is um, maybe I just need to work out how to leverage it out. And I think that comes with time and maybe also comes with wealth. But I think what Navao is trying to do is like instill this attitude of like, I'm already at this point where I'm worth a lot of money for my time. But he also says, do not earn with your time, earn with your mind. So, luckily for me, he says, write books, do podcasts, do learn to code. Just things that will return you money just consistently. But whatever that is for you, like say you're an artist or you're not an artist, but you want to be an artist. Let's say you you don't earn with your time as an artist, you spend a bit of time creating the art let's say it's a painting for the ease of things you then get it printed and then forevermore you can just print those and make the money off this thing that you spent your initial time on but that just came from your mind so you're not earning you're not just swapping an hour of your time for a certain amount of money and then have to do another hour of your time for a certain amount of money so it's about earning with your mind like look at consultants um for example they charge quite a large hourly rate and of course no one's really worth that for an hour but it's your mind and their experience that you're tapping into which is worth the money here's another interesting thing he says networking is a waste of time that is confirmation bias for me at its finest look at clubhouse that new app that everyone's going on to and everyone loves clubhouse shout out jamie clements he absolutely loves clubhouse get notifications from it every day but i actually deleted it he says networking is a waste of time. Business networking is a waste of time. Like if you're doing something interesting enough that people also care about, people will come to you. You don't need to go out and spread your message. And I'm always really, really skeptical of people that want to talk so much about what they're doing. You see this often with on the internet specifically Instagram is people always want to tell you what they're doing people always want to try and get you involved in what they're doing it's almost as if 
everyone wants to be involved in this like multi-level marketing schemes like MLMs or pyramid schemes to call it what it is what's the point in going on to like a business networking event and basically all you're doing is just going to go and suck other suck other people off not literally but like you're just going to lick each other's asses and tell each other how great you are and what's the point I don't see the point so I'm literally like I'm racking my brain I can't I can't fathom it so I agree with you Annabelle business networking is a complete waste of time and I certainly won't be taking part of it in any stage but when it comes to money I think the last thing I'll say on the building wealth side of things is that people seem to think that money is like the root of all evil and people actually say that but oh money can't buy you happiness and I always say quoting Dan Harris here people that say money can't buy you happiness just don't know where to shop I think in this modern world what money gives you is freedom and allows you to make choices with ease whereas at times like if you scarcity sort of mindset with money choices become a little bit harder because you're worried about spending the money and what that will mean for your like future implications and stuff like that so he says it's okay and perfectly reasonable to make money just understand that that money won't specifically make you happy and you can achieve happiness without money it's just in this modern era money certainly helps alleviate a lot of stress for people okay are you ready for the building judgment part of the book i'm going to go into and look obviously there's so much more on each subject than what i'm going through this uh, 200 odd page book of just small bullets of knowledge bombs and i felt inspired every time i put the book down or should i say every time i picked the book up who knows so building judgment this is a one that I really like. He says, if you can't decide, then the answer is always no. So if you can't decide if you want to go somewhere, just say no. And it's so it's so simple, but so fucking difficult. I think learning to say no is probably one of the most difficult tasks that you can you can take on. It gets a lot easier with time, but those initial couple months of starting to say no to things and no to people they're pretty tough he says generally when you're at like a crossroads and and when you're split between like either an easy route or a harder route he says always lean into the short-term pain because i think everybody knows it's not necessarily like the whole no pain no gain thing but everybody knows that when things are hard usually the rewards are better so lean into that short-term pain. Make that harder choice. Whether that's getting up in the morning and going for a run or snoozing your alarm. Like that short-term pain, that run that day, of course it will make you feel a little bit better in your head and it will improve your mental health that day. But also that short-term pain is going to pay dividends in the future. He also talks about making your judgments based on compound interest. So what's going to compound over time? think back to Atomic Habits James Clear if you've ever read it if you get 1% better every day over a year it's like 37 times better than when you started 
Now, obviously, you're not going to be 37 times better over a year because achieving an actual 1% increase every day would be very, very difficult. But the idea and the concept is an attractive one because that incremental gains is what's going to get you where you need to be. You don't need to be 37 times better. You just need to be a little bit better than you were when you woke up in the morning. So compound interest in terms of money, you put money into things, you invest your money into things that will give you returns over time. Because say you open a bank account, it's 1-2% interest in a year. I mean, it's still it's pretty shit, really. It's not even in line with inflation. But that will compound over time. It's very, very easy. One of my mates, he said that if he puts 250 quid into one of his savings account every month for the next like 20 years he'll be a millionaire with compound interest now that's not taken into consideration like fluctuations in the market fluctuations on interest and returns but if you did take that into consideration you'd still have a lot more than just the 250 pounds that you're putting in each month the three grand a year over 20 years is what 60 grand the compound interest gets that to a million and obviously, it's not going to happen like that every time. But what you just have to understand is the concept. And it's the concept of that compounding of growth that you need to understand. Another thing on judgment is he says that basically if someone has written something, if someone has written a book to make money, which of course a lot of people do, look at investing books. People that claim to be like the best investors in the world. Like definitely they've written that book like if you were the best investor in the world surely you wouldn't need to write a book you could just go and chill your beans on Richard Branson's island or something like that so if someone's written it to make money or if someone's doing anything that's so clear that they're doing it to make money just be very wary of those people and he says that if you want to build better judgement you have to read you have to get better mental models and the best way to get mental models is from reading broad topics and that, Naval, I can certainly get behind. So we've spoken about wealth, we've spoken about judgment. Let's have a little chat about happiness because that is what we all want. It's what we all aspire to have. Now, a very interesting concept. He says, what if the paradise that we're promised is what we're in already? What if this paradise of, let's say, like heaven whatever you want to call it what if we're there already what if earth is that and what if we're squandering it if you think about all the beautiful places on earth like there are places that people would describe as paradise and obviously paradise is subjective to the person but people live their lives with this promise of maybe like heaven i know with like religious people and even probably like atheists kind of hold out hope for something to be better at the end of earth but what if earth is it and what if we're squandering it? That is worth thinking about. And this is very obvious, this next one, is that happiness is essentially just being present. Because then, if you're present, you're not looking at the future, you're not thinking about the past, you're just there in the moment, you're allowed to appreciate what's there, what's in front of you. Here's another one. Lying. It sounds obvious, but it's a very bad thing to do. Because when you lie, 
and when you get away with it, it's like an addictive thing. And he says, the more secrets you have, the less happy you are. I like to think I don't have secrets. I'm pretty sure that I don't. Um, I've had secrets in relationships before and it's not boded well for them. I've had secrets from friends, from family members, and it's never been good. And I think a lot of people have secrets that contribute massively to their anxiety. And obviously, the more anxious you are, probably the less happy you are. So basically, try and have as few secrets as you possibly can. Now, when it comes to creating happiness, he says that happiness is essentially a state that is always there. Um, and happiness is a state that can be created. And it can be created through actions. And those actions are going to be different for every single person on earth. So you have to try things out. It's all trial and error, essentially. You've got to make sure that you're having a go at as many things as possible so that you find the ones that create the most joy for you because that's your responsibility. Your happiness is down to you. It's not down to anyone else. It's not down to anyone else to tell you how good you are at something or how much of a good person you are. Like Happiness is basically it's down to you. Imagine everyone died. You'd be sad for a bit, but you'd then have to create your own happiness. Now, imagine if we live in a world where everyone's focused on their own happiness. Secret. We already live there. And you're trying to make other people happy, or you're trying to be happy through what other people say to you. Just doesn't work like that, friends. You have got to create things that make you happy, and you have to do things that make you happy. Now, quite an interesting part of the book. I've heard of this before. It says you're you're a product of the five people that you hang around with. And that actually comes from the five chimp theory, which is basically a theory that says you can like predict the behavior of a chimp based on how the five chimps that it hangs around with behave. And it's the same for people. If you're around negative people, you're in turn be negative and probably have quite a negative experience of life if you're around lazy people you'll probably be lazy if you're around smart people if you're around driven people that will inspire you to become driven and it might not happen overnight but the more time you spend with people with similar goals similar values the more you're going to have that reinforced. So make sure that the chimps that you hang around with in your life are ones that are setting a good example for you because you're just going to behave like them. And you might as well make sure that you're behaving like good chimps as opposed to chimps that do things that are detrimental to them. I don't hang out with anyone, I don't think, anymore that's particularly negative. I don't necessarily think that I did it to begin with, but... I feel I'm a realist, right? I'm not super optimistic. I'm not super pessimistic. I'm a bit more of a realist. And most of my friends are around that kind of frame of mind. They can see things objectively as what they are and can tell you whether something's black or whether it's white, if it's good or if it's bad. Like, people could tell you that. And it's important. Although it is important to break free from your echo chambers every now and then, it's very important that to make sure that the people you hang around with are pushing you in the right way and that you're getting good influences and I think your parents tell you that when you're younger and you kind of ignore it um, 
or at least I think I probably had that said to me when I was younger and just ignored it. It's crazy what you ignore when you're a kid and then you realise when you're an adult. My mum's going to love listening to that bit. Bet she can't wait. Uh, The final part of the book is called Save Yourself. And this is basically about you as a person becoming the person that you want to be. And I think one of the most important things that we squander, that we waste and, and that we don't take full advantage of is time. And time is your currency. And you have to look after that. You can't go around trying to make other people happy with your time and you can't like pour from an empty cup, essentially. You gotta keep your cup full. You gotta use your time in the wisest way possible to serve you in the long run. And in turn, that will allow you to then serve others. But just make sure that you're looking after your time and that you're not just wasting it doing things that you don't wanna do. Um, Naval says essentially at one point there was a time where he decided that he was no longer going to do anything that he didn't want to do and his life just got so much better and people are like oh my god that's selfish so, well no because if you're a good person like sometimes you're going to want to do things for other people as part of your time that's going to be a good thing for you to do and you think that's a good way for you to spend your time but the reality is like you, you've got to look after yourself And I think a lot of people are in a habit of just trying to look after other people and ignoring themselves because it's an easy thing to do. It's easy just to focus on other people's problems and ignore our own. Time. What next? Okay, freedom. Freedom goes hand in hand with time, I think. And he says, once you get a taste of freedom, it can make you unemployable. I'm pretty sure that I was unemployable before I had a taste of freedom. But now I've had a bit of a taste of freedom from the corporate world, from the working world as as most people know it. My God, there is not a chance I could be employed again. Which is a good thing because that's a driving force behind me. Is that I know that I do not want to attend Monday morning meetings. I don't want to be told what to do, where to go, how to dress. I don't want to have to turn up anywhere in a shirt and tie unless absolutely necessary, like someone's died or someone's getting married. Freedom is such a privilege. I do feel very privileged to be in this position, but I also feel like I've worked for it, so thank you to me for that. Don't be unemployable, obviously, if if you haven't got freedom, um, or use it as a driving force to make sure that you can build that freedom start a business start whatever follow your passions your micro passions whatever you want to call it make sure you just find a way to being free if that's what you value but if you like working for other people if that suits you if you're in a well-paid job if you like the people you work with you don't have to have freedom maybe that's freedom for you because you're free from a job that you don't like you're in a job that you do like and I've got to be very careful, I think, when I talk about this kind of stuff because it seems like I'm I'm speaking about it in quite a pragmatic way of like, oh my God, guys, everyone goes self-employed. I really know that like, it's not for everyone. Everyone is different. But for those that want to be unemployable, get yourself a taste of freedom because there's no way you're ever going to go back. Two more things I'll run through before I ran this episode off. And one is about habits. Um, we spoke about compound interest earlier. 
And he says basically that when you want to change a habit or you want to start a habit, you don't just say that, oh, yeah, I'm going to try. He says basically don't try. Unless, quote Yoda from Star Wars, do or do or do not. There is no try. Think about it. It's our emotions essentially like help keep us safe by saying try because if we try, we can then fail if we want to. If we're going to do something or if you are now identified with this new habit saying like, oh, I'm a non-smoker. Last night, I was I was flicking through the book again and I read that particular part and I was like, I am a non-smoker. I am not smoking cigarettes anymore. Anyway, this morning I went and bought some. Um, so it doesn't always work and I think it's still pretty difficult. But I think in my head really I was like, oh, I'm going to... I'm, I'm half-arsing it basically and I'm trying to keep myself safe. But the reality of it is I'm not ready to do it yet. I'm going to quit at some point, but it's just not yet. And that's why I'm not quitting because of my attitude towards it. I think if it gets to a stage where I'm like, hey, I'm a non-smoker, I'm not smoking anymore. And I set my mind to it and like get nicotine replacement patches or whatever, whatever the good way to do it is, that's when I'll do it. But right now, I'm okay enough with myself to know that I am not ready to make that commitment to being a healthier person. Which, saying it out loud, sounds really bad, but I think a lot of people in that position but just won't admit to themselves. So, if you're in that position, just admit it to yourself. It's the first step. And the final thing I'd like to run into is Laval says you need to med- meditate for one hour a day. And that if you do that for 60 days, one, you'll be in a routine and a habit of it, and it'll be like a morning ritual for you. But also, you'll have probably figured out most of your problems in your head by sitting down for one hour, no technology, in the morning, and just watching what comes up. I always try and push for this. Like I've I've pushed my meditation over the last month to an hour, and it just brings such clarity for the day. So I can't recommend it enough, and neither can Naval. And I mean, he's pretty smart, so maybe I'm doing something right by doing that. But it's basically, to round this off, it's a brilliant book. There's so much wisdom and it's so easy to read, super consumable. And I think it will just instill like a good attitude to go forward in life, whichever forward that is for you. There's a lot of wisdom to be taken from this book. There's a great reading list at the end and I flick through that and I've, I've chosen some books to read that he's read because it here's a little tip if you if you really like a book go to the end and there'll be a reading list of what the author has read or thinks people should read so have a look through there and see what they say and then read some of those books because it will help you pick your next book because you've just got to follow, follow that curiosity like Naval says so basically you can get the book for free or you can buy it I'll put the link for the free book in the description of the episode Thank you so much for listening. You're all absolute legends. I uh, hope you got some value out of this. If you did get some value out of it, please give a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen or if you've just got the app. Just go on there, drop a little review, say, oh my God, I love listening to Ed. He's such a legend. Thanks so much. Um, or whatever you fancy putting down in there. But that is it. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all. Goodbye.